Well, greetings and welcome back to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes. So good to be with you as we finish up another week together. But as we have spent time together this week, we have been looking at 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 6. And this is a section of John's letter where John speaks of God the Father testifying about his Son. By the way, there is a theme verse in this section of Scripture. It's found in verse 9 where John writes, For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. And so John tells us that God is spoken about or testified about his Son. And what we see in verse 6 of this chapter is that God has testified about Jesus through three different sources. Those sources include the baptism of Jesus, then the cross of Jesus, and then through the Holy Spirit himself. Now, we've looked at God testifying through the baptism of Jesus. And so today, we're going to begin our look at how God testified about Jesus at the cross. Now, There are three statements that God makes about Jesus at the cross. And today, we have time just to look at the first statement. But then, also, let me say this, and I share this just so we are all on the same page. But as we start out in 1 John 5 and verse 6, we are eventually then going to move over to Matthew's gospel, Matthew 27, starting with verse 45. And we'll do that just so we can get an in-depth look at the cross and the testimony of the Father. But let me get us to the lesson as we look at God the Father witnessing, testifying about His beloved Son as He does this at the cross, as we spend time in God's Word. But now we move on. Now we need to look at the reference that is of blood in verse number 6. Again, you see it there, right? And this is our focus for today. We're going to focus on this, on the blood. Let me say this. As the water was a reference to the baptism of Jesus, the blood is a reference to the death of Jesus. That's what it is. This is John's way of referring to the cross. And let me say that just as the Father testified about His Son at the baptism, God the Father was also at the cross. Did you know that God the Father was at the cross that day? And at the cross, He testified about His Son. Now, again today, we're going to look at how God testified. How did He do it? What did He say? What did He say about His Son as Jesus hung on the cross? And so again, you look at verse number 6, and what does it say? Just look at it with me. John says, This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Now, really to get this ingrained in us and understand that this is talking about the testimony of God the Father toward His Son. Just remember the purpose statement out of verse 9. Again, what does that say? Midway through that verse, it says, For this is the testimony of God that He is born concerning His Son. And so God has spoken of His Son, again, given witness about His Son. He did it at the baptism. He did it at the cross. And so what did He say at the cross? Well, again, as I said to you early on as we began this, this afternoon, I said, this text that we have out of 1 John chapter 5, verse 6, what does it force us to do? It forces us to go to another piece of God's Word. It forces us to go and look at the cross. Where's a good place to do that? Well, any of the Gospels, but let's just go to 
the Gospel of Matthew. So turn there with me. It's the first book in your New Testament. And you go to Matthew chapter 27. And again, as we go to Matthew's Gospel and you turn there and you go there with me, what I'm going to do is I'll start this afternoon by giving us a, a second point in all this. For those of you who are note takers out there, another uh, point that you can write down. You remember, as we looked at all of this the last time we were together, the first point we entitled, God testifies through the baptism of Jesus. That was point one. If you're a note taker, write this one down. Here's point two. Point number two in all this is, God testifies through the death of Jesus. That's point two. And so if you're a note taker, you'll write that down. Number two, and this is the point we're going to be looking at today. God testifies through the death of Jesus. Now, let me say that as we walk through parts of Matthew 27, where are we going to start? We're going to start with verse number 45. And as we do this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring out three testimonial statements that God makes regarding His Son as His Son died on the cross. Three major points that God made that day about the Lord Jesus. And let me also say this, very interesting, but at the cross... God, you know how he spoke? He spoke through miracles that took place that day. He spoke through miracles. We're going to see them and we're going to pull them out. And so we find ourselves again in Matthew 27. We start with verse 45. Jesus has been nailed to the cross. This is the context. He is hanging on the cross. We look at verse 45. Look what it says. Verse number 45, Matthew writes... Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. You see that? Now, Matthew at this point, here's what he tells us. He simply tells us that at the sixth hour, darkness came upon the land. That's what he writes. That's what is said. And just so we understand the time of day, because you might want to ask, the sixth hour, what time is that in the daytime? Well, understand that's 12 noon. That's what time it is. And you ask, well, how do you know that? Well, the answer is this. In Jewish culture in that day, the day began at sunrise, which would be around 6 a.m. And so when you see the sixth hour, what do you do? You simply add six hours to the start of the day. And so you add six hours to 6 a.m. And where are you at in the day? 12 noon. That's where you are. By the way, just to give you a picture here, but Jesus had been on the cross since 9 a.m., at this point, he's been on the cross for three hours. You ask, how do you know? Mark chapter 15, verse 25. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. That's 9 a.m. So the third hour, again, 9 a.m. He's been on the cross at this point for three hours. And you look back at verse 45, Matthew 27. Do you see the miracle that took place? You ask, what's the miracle? The answer is, Matthew writes, there was darkness all over the land. You see that? Now this literally speaks of the entire world going dark. This is how this reads. But in Jerusalem, and here's the miracle of all this, in Jerusalem, when the sun was at its peak in the sky, 12 noon, the day went absolutely dark. And understand, this is not some cosmic exercise where there was an eclipse of the sun. This is not what this is. No, this is God stamping out the fire of the sun. This is what's taking place here. 
This is God bringing darkness to the entire earth. And for three hours, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, is what the text says, there was what? There was complete darkness. And so we ask, all right, so what is all that about? What is God doing here? Let me address this in this way. Some have tried to teach that when it went dark, this was some satanic darkness that was taking place. That Satan had moved on the scene. Let me say this to you. That is not so. That is not the case. I want you to understand this is proof positive that God was on the scene. God was there. You ask, well, how is that? Let me explain it to you in this way. And let me just start by saying that on many occasions throughout Scripture, God is associated or described as light. Let's start with light. For example, in Psalm chapter 18, verse 28, the psalmist, when speaking of God, he says, For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. Also, another piece of Scripture. You remember that when God first appeared to Moses. You remember that he appeared in the form of what? Fire, light from that bush, that blazing light. What was the purpose? It was pointing out the purity and the righteousness of God, the one who had come to Moses. But now understand this, but at times God then, he's associated with light throughout scripture, described in this way, but then also listen to this. There are also times that God throughout Scripture is associated with darkness as well. Understand this, but many times God and darkness are associated, and I'm going to get very detailed with us here, but there are many times God and darkness are associated with what Scripture refers to the day of the Lord. You ask, well, what is that? Well, the answer to that question is the day of the Lord it's an expression used in the Bible for God's day of judgment that's coming. His coming judgment on the lost, the day of the Lord. That is how many times the Scripture refers to that day. That is what, again, the day of the Lord is a reference to. God's judgment that's coming. But now with that said, listen to how Scripture describes the day of the Lord. Now listen to this very carefully and don't miss this. I'll go back to the Old Testament prophet Joel. And in Joel chapter 1, verse number 15, Joel writes this. He writes, Alas, for the day of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. What's he speaking of? The day of God's judgment that's coming upon the lost. And then you move down to Joel chapter 2, verse number 10. Joel writes this. He writes, The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. You hear that? Then you keep reading Joel chapter 2, dropping down to verse number 30. goes on to say, as the prophet again, speaking of God's final judgment, this is what he writes, and there will be wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. And then he goes on to write, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Did you hear that? So you see, what? Darkness throughout Scripture, also associated with God. That's what we see here. By the way, one more scriptural reference in all this. Let me read a couple of verses from the prophet Zephaniah. Listen to this. Zephaniah chapter 1, starting with verse 14, the prophet writes, 
The great day of the Lord is near. Now he's speaking of the day of the Lord. And he writes, And hastening fast, a day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation. Listen to me. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. God's associated with darkness throughout Scripture. But in the sense of what? Judgment. Wrath. Jesus speaks of this. Listen to what Jesus says. Mark chapter 13, verse 24. Jesus said, speaking of the day of the Lord, quote, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven. And so Scripture tells us what? God, He's associated with light. He's also associated with darkness. And don't miss this, but when we see God associated with darkness, we see His wrath towards sin. That's what we see. We see His judgment. But now with all that said, here's what we need to see and what we need to understand. You go back to Matthew 27, verse 45. Look at your Bibles again. You ask, so what's going on at the cross? Why did darkness come? Why did it come? The answer is simply this. But at 12 noon, as Jesus hung on that cross, bearing the sins of man, dying in your place for your sins, God the Father was what? He was unleashing His full extent of wrath, His full extent of punishment towards sin on who? Jesus. His Son. And understand this, but during those three hours from 12 to 3 in the afternoon, what was Jesus going through? Isaiah chapter 13 verse 9 tells us, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with wrath and fierce anger. And that is what Jesus was experiencing. Every bit of wrath that the Father had to pour out on all the sins of all time were being directed right toward His Son during that three-hour period. And Jesus was taking it all for you. Jesus hung on that cross bearing the wrath of the Father. Uh, remember back to the Garden of Gethsemane. The night before. The night of His arrest. What are we told in Scripture? We're told in Scripture that Jesus sweated blood, didn't He? And not only that, but He called out to the Father in prayer. He said, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as You will. Listen, He knew what was coming. He knew the furor that was coming. And again, but during those three hours, the Scripture says, Jesus, for our sake, He made Him to be sin." who knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Jesus bears our sin, takes the wrath of God for you and for me, dies for our sins, dies in our place. We deserve to be up on that cross. But Jesus came and took your place up there. For the wages of sin is death, right? Romans 6.23 Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all deserve this. We all deserve death, specifically a spiritual death. We all deserve it, a separation from God. And that is what sin does. It separates you from God. There's this spiritual death that hangs over our heads because of sin. 
And yet, what did Jesus do? He took our death for us. He took God's wrath towards sin for us. And understand that God, who is absolutely righteous, absolutely pure, absolutely pure, there's no way that He can ever condone sin. He can never approve of it. He can only lash out against it. He poured out His wrath toward His Son that day at the cross. And again, Jesus took all of that for who? He took all of that for you. He took all of that for me. He died in our place. And what does the Bible say should be our response? The Bible says that anyone who calls out in the name of the Lord, anyone who places faith in the Lord Jesus, who He is and what He has done for you, You place your faith in Him as the one that has saved you from sin and has saved you from death. You place your faith and trust in Him. The Bible says you will be saved. All because of what Jesus did for you. But understand that God has testified about His Son. And the testimony is Jesus has taken your punishment. He's died in your place. He's your Savior. Simply place your faith and trust in Him he will save you. And that's the first testimony that the Father cried out regarding His Son on that cross. What an amazing account. Jesus on the cross taking all of the Father's wrath toward our sin. And as God poured out His wrath, this was God saying, This is what my son has done for you. What love. What a statement. Oh, thank you, God. But again, the the testimony of God the Father toward his son. God saying, this is my son who has come to die in your place. This is my son who has come to take your death, your punishment for sin. That's what God has said about his son at the cross. Now, Let me say that this is not all that the father had to say about his son at the cross. The father had two more statements to make about Jesus. And again, he spoke that day through miracles. And when we come back on Monday, we're going to look at all that God had to say again about his son, his wonderful, glorious son, the Lord Jesus, through miracles that were taking place at the cross. So I hope you have a blessed weekend. And we will see you on Monday as we spend time in God's Word.